What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Roto Grinders NBA Morning Grind. I'm Justin Carlucci, alongside of the Chief Will Priester. We're back, Adam. Will, what's going on, man? How are you tonight? Nothing much, man. Definitely glad to be on with you again. This is going to be fun. Uh, you know, taking it back, the Bubble Brothers, two days back to back. I think we're going to be two days back to back all all uh, the rest of this month. So the Bubble Brothers will be on Monday, Thursday, and Friday uh every week it's it's, it's going to be fun man looking forward to it it's been a, a crazy night in the nba we got a full slate to talk about for friday we're getting to that point of the year where some teams are shutting some guys down or, or one thing or another and the team we're almost at the point where you're talking about um on on yesterday's pod that the teams and the, you know they have more incentive to win like we're gonna see rotations get more compact and and things like that um if you missed our gpp food of the day yesterday we talked dessert i can't wait to see what will has for me at the end of uh, today's podcast but we will get there when we get there we got a lot of basketball talk about um just real quick on some thursday stuff we got some games wrapping up uh detroit detroit blew out the wizards listen i said maybe a blowout didn't have it that way though wow they won by 29 29 points something like that and uh you know uh, the hornets had, had a tough one with brooklyn and uh, you know, it could be kind of a low-scoring night with some of these studs that are in blowout. I mean, uh, what's your uh, analysis from what you've seen so far from Thursday night, Well, Yeah, man, the, the, definitely was some blowouts. Um, you, you, know where, you know where my headspace is right now. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I've been chasing a qualifier, and I just, I'm, I'm trying to avoid even, you know, the possibility of looking at my phone, looking at the screen, um, and, and I'll just have to tell you guys about that on Monday. If for some reason, you know, we were able to grab a seat, I will, you know, inform all the people that listen to us every day, but, uh, the blowouts, man, they were huge. And at this point, I just got to be honest with where I'm sitting. I got a root for blowouts in, uh, Denver and Denver in this Clippers game, uh, and possibly the Miami game as well, because, uh, if those games get tight or, you know, a couple other players, you know, have big games, I, you know, it's definitely going to cost me. So uh, I guess I'm being a little selfish here, but I want the seat and uh, it'd be nice to, to, to be able to take it down. Hey man, you can be the nicest guy in the world, but on DFS streets, you got to go for the kill shot. That's what it's all about. <laughs> you know, the top 1% make money every night. The rake is ridiculous. I was looking at these, uh, I wanted to join some late MLB contests today before lock. I was kind of behind the eight ball and I was like, man, there are just no decent tour. These late tournaments DK was putting out were just junk. And I, I ended up just playing some three man stuff for the most part. I mean, yeah, but Hey, super busy week here. You know, MLB is back. It was good to watch some baseball live and, but Hey, we're here to cover the NBA. Um, you made a good call. Cleveland didn't stick with Philly tonight. That game is final. Another 20 point game. Uh, listen, the whole stud point guard conversation we had tricky slate with the blowouts. The Atlanta game is a six point game in the third quarter, but Trey young is absolutely wet in the bed. So looks like I was still wrong there, but we did talk about that. DeAndre Hunter news and bogey Bogdanovich is absolutely crushing it. I'm sure. He, ah, I, I'm, you know, not gonna, got, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you what he's doing. I would just imagine. Don't tell me. I would imagine I'm, on FanDuel. He carried significant ownership. I, I didn't play FanDuel. That's I'm, the I'm, only spoiler I'm going to give you. So. 
I've got, I've got both. I've got Bogdanovich and Capella. So I, I just another I, we are superstitious <laughs> about where our lineup stands. Sometimes, folks. I know you guys all have your quirks too. I'd love to hear them. <laughs> I'd love to hear them. What do you guys do when your lineups are doing well or not doing well? For me, I kind of like open my score app on uh, CBS. I just go through the individual games and see if I'm playing single entry and see what my guys are up to. I don't know. I'm a weirdo, I guess. But anyway, we will stop talking about Thursday. Good luck to you, Chief, in your uh, Q hunting here. And we'll talk about Friday because we have a ton of games. A couple teams are on a back-to-back. One of them is Golden State. They are the lone 7 o'clock game Eastern time on Friday, Chief. And they're going to be playing the Raptors. We already know Kyle Lowry is out. So Golden State, I talked about how much I love that pace-up spot. Is this where you go back to the well with any of these Raptors? We talked about how much Siakam kind of ticks off everybody when he's in a lot of smash spots and he doesn't deliver. But, you know, are you targeting Raptors? Would that be kind of one of your initial optimal looks, you know, looking at this game and what's going on? Well, I mean, I I definitely think Fred Van Vliet is going to be big time in play here. Um, once again, if you guys haven't figured it out yet, I'll try to cover, you know, FanDuel and, you know, Luch will cover DK, but he's 7,400 on FanDuel again after a monstrosity of a performance. Uh, so I, I think he's a guy that we can for sure go back to the well on. And you got to think he's going to have elevated ownership because it's the first game of the night, right? So, you know, just, just a little tidbit, these early big time values always carry more ownership than the late guys. It's just how it works. You know, uh, the field is, is always wanting instant gratification. So the best values of the night that are early, people don't want to wait. They plug them in right now. And I'm not saying that's bad or good. I'm saying it's just the reality of it. Um, so Fred Van Vliet, I think he's big time. Uh, you know, OG Ananobi has been been going berserk uh, here when he gets the minutes. So I think he's in play as well. And I think we can go back to Pascal. I don't. I mean, I, I'm not going to write him off for one game. It's just he's a guy I don't get right as much. But the, the encouraging thing was he played 37 minutes in a tight game uh, with, with OKC. So I, I think, you know, if he's going to play 37 minutes again, nine times out of 10 with no Kyle Lowry, uh, you got to think that he's going to have a big game. I think the one thing that surprised people was I think people were ready to write off Gary Trent in this offense because he had two bad games but now he squeezed out two good games I had a pretty good portion of Gary Trent the other night in my MME build and he went off for pretty much a 40 piece uh not saying that that's going to repeat but I think people will maybe be a little bit more encouraged to play him now that he's had two good games um and and we'll just kind of see what happens there yeah good point I was going to mention Gary Trent and I think a big thing for him to kind of validate his status is that Rodney Hood is out on Friday yes yes yeah and he's out again and you know what? I mean, Hood had the hot hand the last game. Maybe, you know, that's a reason why Pascal didn't get as many opportunities as we've seen. I mean, Trent shot the ball 22 times. I don't have to look. Even without Lillard, I'm, I'm sure there was only a handful of games where he probably had 22 field goal attempts. So the fact that Van Fleet was on the court, Siakam was on the court, Boucher played in spurts, and there's still room for Trent to fire 22 shots. I mean, that, that's big time. The thing is, you might be looking at a scoring dependent guy. He had two rebounds, no assists. So the ball's got to start going in. But I like that in this Golden State spot because there's going to be some transition opportunities. You'd think of the previous game play against Detroit, he played 38 minutes, shot 15 times, which is perfectly fine at a guy who's priced 5,600 on DK. 32 DraftKings points. I think Gary Trent is is definitely squarely in play. And, you know, people are going to see sticker shock on OG Uniube for sure. But 
he kind of reminds me of uh, of a DFS player like Miles Turner because Turner just has these games where he has a ton of stocks and you're like, there's no way he's going to hit value unless he has six stocks and a steal. And he goes out there and does it sometimes. I know we talked about game log hunting, but in a positive way, OG is just a defensive uh, mogul. He Look at his game log. Last 10 games, he has at least a blocker steal in any of them. And in nine of the 10, he has multiple blocks and steals combined. So you're going to get those bonus points. And I love it even more as long as it's fairly competitive and a fast game where the ball is just moving right up and down. Uh, if anything, obviously, Golden State will pace up Toronto here, which bodes even, even more, even better for those Raptors players. So, you know, OG 6,800, you know, his scoring is consistently in the teens or low 20s. He's playing mega minutes. He's got to be, I got to check the rotations, but just by looking, He's got to be playing some small ball five stuff. Nick Nurse did that at the end of the last season in the bubble. Yeah, he's been playing power forward. Yeah, yeah he's okay. been playing small forward stuff for sure. Nick Nurse hates. Chris I mean, Boucher. I mean, small ball big man for sure. He hates Boucher. Nurse hates Boucher. He's came out and say he doesn't like him playing at five. That he gets bodied all the time. Aaron Baines is a sack of potatoes, so you got to run. You got to run OG out there. I mean, God, I, I, Listen, I think so. First of all, free Chris Boucher. You don't want him in Toronto. <laughs> Uh, please send him to Charlotte. We gladly take Chris Boucher right now on this roster. We'd send you Bismack Biombo back in a hurry, uh, straight up. Straight up. Who says no, right? <laughs> Correct. Yeah, man, I, I'm with you. I, I, I don't agree with Nick Nurse. What do I know? That guy's like a champion. Yeah, what do we know, right? But right. Boucher, you talk about untapped potential there. We've seen what the guy could do. I mean, yep. come on, man. So what did he play? I just want to look Boucher up and we'll move on. 19 minutes last game without Kyle Lowry. You know, Aaron Baines is terrible. Can't even play. Nick Nurse can't play him 20 minutes. Come on. Well, well, let me say this before we move on. On FanDuel, Stephen Curry, uh, 9K. Just this this is fantastic. Like this is a guy that can put up 60 in a game. And in this spot, Toronto's not playing great. Their defense hasn't been spectacular. Like, th- these are the kind of games I want a guy like Curry in, and we can get him for 9K. Uh, sign me up. Does the uh, second leg of a back-to-back worry you at all, just for conversation's sake? Nah, not at 9K. Not at 9K. I'm with you. Uh, and it is an early game, so we should know news. 9,700 on DK. I think, gar- I think he's more of a appealing tournament. You know, that extra 700 bucks, people are going to be like, well, I don't know, but – in the tournament mindset, you're like, yeah, let's go overweight on Curry and then a spot like that. I know I talked about it against Miami and maybe or maybe not it's going to work out, but it's kind of the same, uh, you know, same situation here. So I, I like that call. I like that call. Total side note, I can't wait to see Clay Thompson play basketball again. The, the NBA is just better when Clay Thompson is out there doing his thing. So, and so are the Warriors. So are the Warriors. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. All right. We'll move on. Covered some ground there. 7.30. Two games of 7.30. Houston and Boston, you know, a couple months ago, we'd probably be circling this on our schedule saying, you know, here we go, Harden and, and the Celtics. I don't have a game, a, a game total yet, but I know Boston, it looks like they're nine and a half point favorites. So let me flip over to that Houston Boston game. And it looks like John Wall has a questionable tag. You know, he's missed some time. They're doing the whole load management thing here, there. Uh, Eric Gordon is out. You know, Daniel Tice has gone on the other side. Tristan Thompson is out. Uh, So I'm not, this isn't like the clamp down Boston, you know, hardcore Brad Stevens defense we've seen the last couple of years that was 
pretty stingy in terms of yielding fantasy points. I mean, we saw the work Porzingis was putting in inside against uh, Boston the other night. So I'm, I'm really not too intimidated here. I mean, 8,400 Christian Wood, I, I think that's kind of an interesting GPP spot, especially if John Wall's out and Wood is in. Then we're talking about a ton of usage opportunities here. So that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Uh, what, what are you seeing in this Boston-Houston matchup, Chief? Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely think with Houston, if, if John Wall is out, um, you know, you kind of want to go back to the well on guys like like uh, like Kevin Porter, like um, like Christian Wood, because you know if the game is tight, it's because of those two. You know, um, you know, I, I feel like that's where most of the production is going to come from. Yeah, Sterling Brown's going to play some minutes and be out there, and yeah, Daniel House is going to play and be out there. Yeah, Jay Sean Tate is going to play and be out there. And he's a guy I don't hate because his minutes are stable. But, you know, I want him more when Christian Wood is out of the game. Uh, when Christian Wood is in, and especially now that they have Kelly Olenek. Kelly Olenek's playing minutes too. Uh, I can't trust Tate as much as I've trusted him in the past. Uh, you know, if you want to kind of look here, I mean, man, Kelly Olenek, uh, you know, could this be a little mini revenge? You know, used to be in Boston, went to Miami. Now he's in Houston. Uh, not going to worry about that too much, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think the main guys for me are definitely going to be uh, Kevin Porter and Christian Wood, you know, uh, going against these, these Boston Celtics for sure. Olenek is averaging well over a point per minute in three games with Houston. Yeah, Christian Wood did miss some of that action, which is big. Uh, but even last game against Brooklyn, he had 26 DK points in 25 minutes. Uh, and then the game, I believe the Memphis game, I think Wood missed. Let me double check here. I could be wrong. Uh, yes, he missed the Memphis game and Olenek went absolutely nuts. And in those two games, Olenek's 0 for 7 for 3, too. So if he hits a shot or two, now basically I'm interested in Wood if Wall's out. And um, if Wood's out, then uh, no questions asked. I'm going to have a lot of Kelly Olenek exposure. He's 5,400 on DK, which I think is fair, but he's going to be locked into a major role. I know Wall has the questionable tag, but with the way they've been operating, it's there's almost 50-50 odds that maybe Wall plays and maybe Wood sits at this point. We we just don't know what their goals are. They're not going anywhere this season. Want to keep their, you know, if Wall and Wood are even in their future plans at this point, I, I would hope so because I like them two together, but but who knows? So definitely some uh, injury-dependent news there that could really change things on this slate, I think, Chief. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, honestly, I'm waiting for at some point for Wall to just kind of be ruled out and maybe Christian Wood. And Christian Wood's young. But maybe they just say, hey, you know, we're going to keep Christian Wood. We'll have him next season, kind of rule him out. And then let's get some Tate, Martin, and Porter Jr. action almost every night. That's going to be fantastic. Yeah, Martin Cabal, I, I like watching him play. You know we're getting up there, you know. I can't believe Kenyon, KJ Martin, uh, Kenyon Martin, I'm, I think the New Jersey Nets, I think, beast on the board, shot blocker. And now, you know, I was like, man, I mean, okay. I'm not super old, 31 now, but that was one of them where I'm like, damn. The other one I saw was in the NFL draft class. I'm like, Asante Samuel Jr. Wasn't Asante <laughs> Samuel just playing? I'm like, man. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's good genes in that Martin family. And we saw a couple yeah. weeks ago when Martin was getting run, the kid could play. And now yeah. you know, he's down at 3,600. So if you can get ahead of the herd one of these nights and play him where he's not going to be mega chalk, you know, more power to you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. We got a lot of ground to cover yet. We have another 730 game. Yeah. And, and I will say this. I know we didn't talk much about Boston, yeah. but I'm not really 
too interested in Boston in the spot. I do think Boston handles business here. I, I still think they're better than Houston. Uh, Robert Williams, I mean, he's, he's supposed to be back. With, you know, I don't think he's going to get 32 minutes every game, but um, in this spot, if he gets 27 minutes, which is probably about where he'll land, this could be a major upside game for him in, in an up-tempo spot. I agree. I mean, as long as Thompson's out, he's going to be a candidate to see a lot of run. He's seen more court time than he probably ever has consistently in his career. Another yeah. guy who averages almost two blocks a game, you're like, well, but when he gets the run, those two blocks could turn into three or four on a given night. And he's your prototype GPP candidate because he's right at that price point where it's like, well, DK is 6,700. You're like, wow, how much upside does he have? But, you know, if he went for 50 on a night where he played 30 plus minutes and he has a mega, you know, blocks game, something like that, I, I wouldn't be completely shocked, but you're right. When Boston's healthy, they got Marcus Smart back. Kemba's playing as we, as of now, all their main threats are playing. It's hard to figure out where the ball is going to go. Kind of like Miami now when they're all healthy. It's like, well, yeah. they're all healing, but how, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you yeah. really completely know where to go? And, and Drogic didn't even play tonight and they were still loaded. Unbelievable, man. Yeah. Good call there. All right. Mavs in New York. We can, we can look there. Obviously, it goes without saying. The same couple of guys on these teams are in play every night. You know, the top-end guys. Porzingis actually went down a couple hundred dollars on DK. So, kind of interested there in a little contrarian look. I was all about him the other night against uh, Boston. And, you know, he had 42 and a half. He had, like, 20 FanDuel points in the first quarter. I thought we were going to see a ceiling game here. But um, he's playing really well lately. But the big thing here is on the Knicks side. I know you want to touch on it. R.J. Barrett's questionable. D. Rose is questionable. What does that mean for the rest of these Knicks? Well, everybody already knows that on FanDuel where these guys are priced really low. I mean, we've got Elf Payton at 4,500. Uh, you know, if he plays 30 minutes in this spot because Rose is out and Barrett's out, he should be able to get there. You'll probably have a little bit more quickly in this spot as well. Not, not more than my good friend Alec Burks who will probably play 35 minutes if Rose and Barrett sits. Like, he's going to be a primetime play on FanDuel. Uh, he's going to be if, – if he were to sit in this spot against Dallas, if Barrett doesn't play and Rose is out, Alec Burks is going to be borderline lock button for me in this spot. Borderline lock button because he's, it's going to be bombs away. They're, and they're going to need his scoring. The guy – I mean, when the guy gets run, he produces. So they'll, they'll need his scoring – and the same thing, you know, with uh, with Mitch Rob out for the year now, um, or, or at least out for now. I think he's out for the year. Uh, and Nerlens Noel kind of back playing, and they're running Taj Gibson. Now we're getting Julius Randle. Uh, he played 40 minutes against Minnesota, put up 45 fantasy points. But still, like, this guy is going to be a little bit more involved when, if, if Barrett's out for, the, for his playmaking. So at 8,900 on FanDuel in this spot, uh, against Dallas, Randall and, and Burks are going to be two of my favorites alongside uh, Elf Payton because I think that would surely solidify Elf Payton getting 30 minutes with no Rose and no Barrett. I couldn't believe the other night I had Elf Payton at under 1% in my GPPs. I know the Rose news was kind of late, but he was at the same price point on DK as was on FanDuel. I'm curious to see if the public has time to figure it out if we get that news early, you know. Um, otherwise, you know, they're a 7.30 game, so that's tough. I think we'll have the news. Yeah, hopefully. 
Tom Thibodeau with this team is hilarious because we have Derek Rose who's been under injury management for how long. And when he's been healthy this year, we've seen him play 30 plus consistently under Tibbs, which is cool. But the beautiful thing is definitely Julius Randle's breakout year and uh, plays a lot of point forward. And uh, you're right. You know, I like Randle a lot more with, with Rose off the court and, you never know what Noel. He's a big candidate to pick up a couple fouls in a couple minutes right away. And before you know it, Randall's playing stretch five and, and things like that. Um, yeah. What's the price tag on Alec Burks on FanDuel, Chief? What do you got over 5,600. Gotcha. He's 58 on DK. So Board, I'm telling you, on FanDuel, he's borderline a lock button. If, but the caveat is RJ and Rose have to be out. If both are out, I'm telling you, he's borderline a lock button. Like he, I, he may in fact be a lock button. I, I just like to wait a day early because we may get some other earth shattering news that might be a little bit more important. And it's not like Dallas plays elite defense. Let's not, you they know, they do not, they do not. They I've might, been attacking Dallas all year. Yes, they might play slow, but they don't play defense. So yes. one or the other, listen, not everybody's the Kings and the Blazers who are an anomaly. The Kings played a decent pace and are terrible defensively. And you know, it take what you can get, you know, so obviously, you know, keep an eye on that injury news on the Knicks side of the ball. And uh, you know what? Noel at 5K, I know you're looking at the people are looking at the game log kind of at a dud against Carl Towns in a close game. But, uh, you know, uh, he plays 30 minutes at 5K on DK. You could do a lot worse. You know, he's always a candidate to get a couple blocks, steals, things like that. And um, I think that's an interesting spot for him as well. So Knicks news, integral. Anything else on this game or should we move on? Good to go, man. All right, talk to me whether you want to or not about the Hornets. They play at eight against the Pacers on the road. You know, we were talking Rozier and all these things, and the game was just a blowout. So, you know, Indy's not a a delightful matchup to target either. But, you know, you still look at the Hornets, and without LaMelo, these guys are just going to be in usage bump situations. The first thing I think of, we talked about P.J. Washington – uh, you know, played 26 minutes in a blowout. So maybe he was on track to see 30 plus, which I think is good. I think he's an interesting tournament option because everybody, you know, we just talked about Miles Turner blocking all these shots. I, I don't know if blocking shots always correlates to being good defensively because there were a lot of games this year where Indy gets thrashed inside and on the glass. Uh, so I'm, I'm actually kind of, I'm, I'm intrigued by, by PJ Washington in this game. Um, you know, there are a lot of options here. Malik Monk actually went down in price on DK. He did leave the game Thursday uh, with a foot injury. So if Monk is out, I mean, we're talking even more of a usage hike for some of these guys we're looking at. So although this game on paper and the game total might be low and you're like, well, I don't really know about this game. If Malik Monk's out too, and we look at those guys who are usage guys on Charlotte, I wouldn't mind having a little more exposure than I usually would in this matchup if we don't see Malik Monk play on Friday. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if Malik Monk is out, Terry Rozier solidified. Devontae Graham, he's 6K now, uh, but, you know, he only played 20 minutes. I mean, I, I would expect him to go for 30-plus. Um, you know, I talked about not wanting to play Gordon Hayward. Um, he, he would probably be in play here, especially if, if Sabonis is out, P.J. Washington. I, th- I think Charlotte would have a really condensed rotation. It'd be all the guys we talked about, uh, uh, Rozier, Devontae Graham, Gordon Hayward, P.J. Washington, and then one of, you know, uh, uh, geez, Cody Zeller and Biombo, like, and maybe both will play a little bit. Um, but then you get 
uh, Miles Bridges coming off the bench, you would probably play about 30 minutes in that spot, right? You get him. And then uh, you'd also probably have one of the Martin twins, probably Cody play a few around 20 minutes as well. So I think that's what the rotation will look like in Charlotte. Um, and, and in fact, I don't, I don't think I'm pretty, I, I mean, I, I watch the team a lot. That's about what the rotation will be. Um, those will be the main pieces that you want to get exposure to. On the other side of the ball, questionable tag next to the highest price pacer, Sabonis. Oh boy. That, that could change everything. We could go from a game that won't carry a ton of ownership to a game that could carry some of the highest ownership. Big usage guy. You know, when he's off the court, I'm pulling up the numbers now. Um, the addition of Levert kind of complicates going back to the well with some of these other guys. But Brogdon on DK is at a very fair price point of 7K flat. You know, Levert obviously looks healthy and a great story that he's back playing ball and healthy. Uh, and Miles Turner, I mean, I, I'm preaching to the choir here. Charlotte gets smacked inside sometimes. Yeah. So can you well, can not you... sometimes? I mean, we saw what Lamarcus Aldridge was able to accomplish from a fantasy perspective in this last game. So I, I'm with you, man. Miles Turner is going to be in play, bro. Seriously. So, what are you thinking that side of the ball? Let's say Sabonis is out. Uh, on DK, Levert 7,100, and Brogdon's right there, 7K. Turner, 6K, very fair on DK with his blocks upside. Um, and I guess even McConnell might see a little more burn who's been. Uh, I, I, think, I think one of two things will happen, in my opinion. Either they go small ball and they start Doug McDermott, and so they run like uh, Brogdon, Levert, McDermott, Holiday, and Turner. They they do something like that. Or Jakar Sampson gets more run at the four. That, I, I think those are the two options. But either way, McDermott's going to see near 30 minutes if Sabonis is off the court. 30, either way. 3,800 DK against Charlotte for McDermott. That's his price. No offense. The, the whole against Charlotte thing wasn't a slight to your horns. But good match. Because yeah, right now we're in the playoffs and they're not. So I'm not. I'm, exactly. I'm no offense taken. You know, 3,800 McDermott, he's, uh, he was injured for a few games, working his minutes back up. He's playing good ball. I mean, he would, I don't want to say McDermott was, like, not labeled a bust for the first couple of years he got in the league, but he's found a really nice niche with his Pacers team. And when he's, you know, he's had this opportunity with TJ Warren out, he he balls out, man. Uh, he puts uh, the ball in the hoop. He's always been Dougie McBuckets, even back when he was at Creighton. I mean – the dude was just, oh my God. Honestly, I think Doug McDermott was probably one of the best college basketball players of the most recent generation. Like, because he played so long, like he was able to, I mean, he was a stud in college, man. A stud. Creighton was no joke. Absolutely no joke. They could have used him this year, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking at, I'm looking at court IQ, all right? And I just took Warren and Sabonis off the court. So obviously there's some other factors in. You know, Levert, you know, hasn't played a ton with both of them off the court yet. But I'm looking at Miles Turner. He gets a 7.3% usage bump this year. According to Court IQ, without TJ Warren and Sabonis, with let me just say that one more time. Without TJ Warren and Sabonis, 7% bump for a guy that isn't super offensive, you know, you don't think of him as an offensive monster, is it, pretty big. Um Wow, that even has 30 minutes of Ola Depot on the sample size, too. I didn't even take him off the list. But that's over 300 minutes. Uh, with that 7% usage increase um, up to a respectable 24.5%. So, yeah, I, I'm definitely looking at Miles Turner if we get some Sabonis news. I think there'll be a lot of Pacers in play. And 
that game will for sure, now I'm looking at it, carry a hell of a lot of ownership if the Raiders breaks. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Got anything else on that one, Chief, or should we keep going? No, I'm good, man. All right, once again, check out Roto Grinders. Busy time of the year for us. Cover every sport, premium packages. You get a bunch of great live shows before lock. Everybody does their thing. The beautiful thing about RG is the content, you know, is the 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 shows, the media, the podcast. Everything is kind of spaced out throughout the day. So whenever you have free time or downtime, whether it's Blender in the morning or you know you listen to us whenever you listen to Stevie. All right, throw on Crunch Time before lock so you're not missing anything. I love what we do, Chief, man. We're, we're uh, you know, it, it's humbling to, to kind of be in this position. We hope all you guys enjoy what we've got to say. And, yeah. you know, it's it's great stuff. Uh, For sure. Get on over there to Roto Grinders. I promise I won't tell you to play Trey Young again as much as I did uh, last week. <laughs> my bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. Minnesota and Memphis, 8 p.m. tip. Um, well, you know, it goes without saying, unless you're new to DFS, that, you can target players against Minnesota because, quite frankly, they, they just don't play defense. Um, so, you know, thus being said, a lot of the same injuries that uh, Memphis has been dealing with. Grayson Allen's questionable. Looks like Winslow is out. Justice Winslow will sit out Friday. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see here. Who am I missing? I thought I saw something else about somebody. Anyway, um, there's going to be some Grizzlies in play. And for me – I think Ja on DK is very fairly priced. Pretty high game total here. Um, two of the last four games, Moran has gone for over 50 DKP. He has been inconsistent at times this year, sure. Uh, really encouraging to see him ball out against Utah. 36 real points, taking 18 shots. So, uh, And Utah is a team I generally don't like targeting against like most people. So that is good for me to see. So, I love Ja at 7,600 on DK. That's my first reaction to seeing this game, Chief. What's up with you? Yeah, man, for sure. I think Ja Moran is big time in play. He's 6,800 on FanDuel. The crazy part about it is he just put up up a 50 spot, and he's playing Minnesota. That's just a recipe for high ownership in this spot um, because he's probably, in terms of median projections, he's probably going to project for around 38 to 40 fantasy points. Uh, without any tinkering coming into this spot because of the, the up t- tempo pace of the game and the bad defense. So either way, he's still in play though. I, I like the price. I think Jonas Valanciunas is in play here. Uh, this is a spot where, you know, if it, and we've kind of seen it. If he gets 30 plus minutes, typically he's going for 40 plus. So I like this spot, at, you know, where, where Carl Anthony Towns is going to play massive minutes and perhaps because of Towns, his minutes get bumped into the low 30s. He's not going to play 35 minutes, but 32 minutes for JV is a gold mine. So I'm, I'm really excited. Hopefully we can get him there. Uh, obviously, Kyle Anderson has some upside, but we don't ever know when we're going to see it. But as I always say, if you want to see the upside, you play them in spots like this. So I don't like the price on Kyle Anderson at 5,900, but this definitely is an upside spot. So maybe you take a flyer on him. And same thing for Dylan Brooks. Uh, you know, it's just a spot where th- these. this is where you take the flyers in these types of up-tempo matchups. And if they come through for you, uh, you look like a genius at the end of the night. You talk about free Chris Boucher. I'll talk about free Joe Valanciunas, only averaging 25 minutes a game this year. Although he has seen some uptick. Brandon Clark will be back, though. That was kind of a probably a, a nice little couple minutes boost for him for Valanciunas the last couple games. But I'm looking at Valanciunas. He's taken at least 14 shots in the last five games, which is which is really good to see. He's averaging 12 and a half rebounds a game, 
this season. But since mid-March, I mean, since we came back from the break, Chief, he uh, he's, he's playing like he's possessed. Uh, these are his rebounding numbers. 17, 12, 16, 15, and those were all in 27 minutes or less. 19 in 34 minutes, 15 in 26 minutes, 18 rebounds in 28 minutes, 11 boards in 21 minutes, 15 in 32 minutes, and then 14 in 32 minutes against Rudy Gobert. So, so really, I mean, Balanchunas is just playing elite, elite, elite basketball right now. He's shooting at a very high percentage. I just want to see this guy play 35 minutes one time, man, because uh, and he's 7,700. So on a loaded slate, he might not be one of the first guys you're looking at. Carl Towns doesn't play defense. He has a horrible uh, DRPM rating. I'm liking Valanciunas. What's his price tag over there on FanDuel? I'm just curious. What do you? Yeah, think? not much of a difference. We're at 7,600, but I still like it. I mean, look, I would accept. And so here's, I always think I would accept 45 fantasy points for 7,600 every day. Gladly. Absolutely. So, you know, I think you know you project them in the 40s and let it ride. And and Carl Anthony Towns has been playing great too seeing mega minutes saw 40 minutes against the Knicks saw 39 against Brooklyn which is great to see and he's been playing well too so I'm curious to see the ownership and where it goes at center uh, the thing is it's not like Towns is cheap he's, he's 10 10-1 on DK and you know we got 10 games on a slate where Luka Giannis uh, you know even even Curry are on it so I feel like maybe Towns will be a third or fourth fiddle there, you know, in terms of who people are going to play on, on DK where you have so much position flexibility. Um, what are your thoughts yeah. on Towns? Yeah, I don't really want to play Towns in this league just because of the price. He's 10-8. And while, you know, while his production has definitely warranted these prices, this is the Carl Anthony Towns we kind of saw at the beginning of last year. When he opened up the season, he was he came in like a madman. Uh, but I, I don't think I want to do it. I, I think I think Jaden McDaniels is going to be in play, man. His minutes have really you know, his, his minutes are in the mid to high 30s now. And so in this spot, he's 4,600 on FanDuel. He's, he's going to be a great value play uh, on this slate. I like the fact they're just kind of giving him minutes, giving him, giving him, you know, the keys to the power forward spot and letting him roll. And then same thing for Anthony Edwards. Now he's 7,800 on FanDuel. Uh, but, I mean, he's dialed up the upside from game to game. I do think he's kind of capped, though, like at 7,800. Uh, I like what he's doing in real life. But from a fantasy perspective, at 7,800, I need, him to, I need him to be getting in that 45 to 50 range. And while he has done it sporadically, I still don't think I need to play Anthony Edwards on this slate. This is like the one of the rare occurrences where his pricing has, is more aggressive on FanDuel. On DK, he's just 7-1. So I like him a lot more at 7 Yeah, oh, absolutely. That's a big yeah, difference. Huge. I will say... Last game he played, he had 44 and a half. He had four stocks and three steals. Uh, and the game before that, he had 43, he had three steals and a block. You know, I'm looking at the games before that. He had one steal in the previous four games. So, but you know, when you see a ton of minutes and you play in a decent matchup, you know, funnier things have happened. So definitely in play at 71 on DK, maybe not as much on FanDuel, but if you play him, I get it. You know, I get it for sure. Um, definitely be a little bit more contrarian on FanDuel. I'm assuming at that price and, um, you know, what, what's available over there, shooting guard. Uh, it does look like Brandon sure. Clark will be back, though. Love the McDaniels call. Ton of minutes, 4,900 DK. He could be probably one of the popular cheaper pieces if Sabonis does play and, and doesn't open up McDermott and some other things like that. So uh, definitely like the McDaniels call. Good to see him playing well and, and getting a ton of minutes that he deserves. Um, anything else, Chief, this game? 
No, man. And when we get this next game, it's, I think this is going to be a quick one, too. I, I think you're right. I mean, the big the big thing here is, I mean, Malik Beasley has been back and McDaniels is, is still seeing that burn, and uh, which is, is good for him. And, you know, Edwards is still seeing mega run, too. So it looks like they are both here to stay in the rotation. Um, so we kind of have a better idea of, of what's going on there. Uh, we'll move on here. Nine o'clock tip off Chicago and Utah. And, uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see what's up with the Chicago backcourt with Kobe white and, uh, Zach Levine, who are both questionable. And, uh, you know, even in a tough matchup against Utah, you know, that would open up the door for someone like Thomas Sadaransky, who, Typically plays well with minutes. He is 4,800 on DK, um, but he's hit over well, about over five times value against Phoenix and, uh, you know, went for over six times value against Golden State. So uh, big news there, you know. Um, I think the wild card here is uh, is probably Voos. I mean, we know he was going up against Gobert, but, you know, he's kind of hasn't really lost a beat. He's 9K flat on DK. So I am... Uh, mildly interesting in Voos on, on a big slate, probably more of just an ownership thing. Uh, it was a late game. If Levine and uh, and Kobe White don't play, I, I think he'll be a low-owned guy with a you know 55-point ceiling, even though he's uh, against Gobert. I mean, he's going to get a ton of usage against Utah, so I, I think that's interesting. It's like the perfect storm. He's in maybe the toughest defensive matchup of the league, but for me, you know, if I can get serious leverage on him going maybe three or four times the field, with an elite opportunity without Levine and Kobe White, I'm interested in Vucevic. And that's not something I thought I would have said an hour and a half ago before I started looking at everything here, Chief. Yeah, I get it, man. And listen, I'm going to let you have that take. I'm not touching this game with a 10-foot pole. I don't care what news comes out. I will say this. If Donovan Mitchell's out, and obviously I think Clarkson and Conley are back in play. But, uh, you know, other than that, I don't want to touch this game, man. This, is, this, is good. this one's going to be a pass for me for sure. Yeah, and I get it. I'm talking large field GPP stuff oh, you know, yeah. for Voos um, because as good as Voos is and some of these other guys for Chicago have been playing well, uh, like I said yesterday, we don't want to uh, label games a blowout, but if you're missing Levine and Kobe White, you're starting backcourt. Yeah, you know, Utah at home, there's there's a chance that could be ugly. So totally get it if you don't want to play that. we got four more good games to cover, so we can kind of leave Utah and Chicago in the back burner here for time purposes. If you want to hop on over to Atlanta and New Orleans, you know, we could talk about them. Nine o'clock tip off two teams that are playing on the second leg of back to back. They played Thursday night. So uh, here we are. And uh, it looks like Zion's out. What, what kind of Pelicans news you got over there right now? I'm not sure. I, I, I think this one is all about what happens with Zion, Ingram, uh, Ball, uh, you know, not Cam Reddish, uh, DeAndre Hunter, is he going to be out again? Like that, uh, you know, John Collins, that, that's what this feels like to me. So and I, I think, John, yeah, John Collins is still going to be out. So I think Capella is still being played. But I, this game is all news dependent, man. I, so I'll try to cover it that way. If, if these guys from, you know, uh, New Orleans are out again, then obviously you're going to have value. You're going to have access to James Johnson at, at the minimum price on FanDuel. You'll have access to, you know, Nikhil Walker-Alexander and Josh Hart, who have good prices. You'll have access to Eric Bledsoe. Um, and then on the other side, obviously, I think Capella's going to be in play no matter what because Collins is out. But if uh, 
DeAndre Hunter is out again, you'll have access to Danilo Gallinari. You'll have access to Bogdan Bogdanovich again. And that's kind of the way I'm going to try to treat this game. It's all news dependent. And, uh, you know, if I don't get the news in time, then, you know, I'll have to make some decisions because it is a nine o'clock game. So hopefully we get the news earlier in the day and that way we can be informed. Yeah, we would be fortunate to, uh, to get that news. Um, and let me correct myself. Zion is, he, he has an out tag on DK, but it looks like he's still actually questionable. So keep an eye on that. And uh, we didn't expect Brandon Ingram to miss Thursday, did we? I mean, he, he, we really didn't hear anything the previous night. So that was, no, that was kind of a surprise, you know? That was a shocker, for sure. Listen, I'm not going to tell you. I know you're, you're Q hunting, and I don't want to tell you a lot of things. I'm not going to tell you a lot of things. But I got to tell you one thing, just one thing. New Orleans is in overtime right now against Orlando, which is, which is interesting. And oh gosh, I'm just saying for purposes of this Friday podcast. So they were missing Ingram, right? Zion and Zion uh, and 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 Ball and Ball. Uh, they ran an eight per an eight man rotation. So Good if you God. see those guys miss again, at least you kind of have a blueprint of what's going on. James Johnson, Min Price will probably be mega chalk if we get early news. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what he played tonight, but he played a lot. So go back and look. Uh, you know, James Johnson, she's three K flag. Come on, guys. Come on, DK Algo. Maybe the intern did the pricing. I don't know. Like, they look- <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps. But yeah, man, that's going to be the Friday night wrench with the nine o'clock news and. Uh, you know, it's just if you're going out to a movie, you know, social distancing, of course, or doing whatever, you better sneak out and go to the bathroom and check your phone if you don't have service in that movie theater because you're going to need this news because it's going to be integral. Two teams that don't like to play defense, no matter who's on the court. Yeah, team. there you go. There you go. Oh, man. And, uh, of course, you know, Josh Hart, like I said, always has that random 15 rebound game once in a while. Oh, he had 15 against Boston. Is that Maybe that's why I'm saying it. Uh He's actually had 15 boards in two of the last four games. Josh Hart. Yeah. Crazy. So, integral game there. Want to move on to Portland-Milwaukee? We go with that. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, all right. We got Dame and Giannis. Now McCollum's back. Bobby Portis has a questionable tag. It looks like P.J. Tucker is out, um, which I think he missed the previous game they played, too. Uh, so that's pretty much it. Looks pretty clean as of now, otherwise. So we know Portland doesn't play defense, Chief. If there's any way this thing's close, you know, what there's so much news that needs to break. So it's not even fair to me to ask you, what do you think Giannis's ownership is going to be? But that being said, you know, Giannis hasn't went for 50 since it's been almost two weeks since we saw 50 plus DK points out of Giannis. He's in a great bounce back spot if this game's remotely closed on Friday, wouldn't you say? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and they're, they're probably going to stick Bob Covington on him, and nothing against Bob Covington. But uh, I, listen, I think Giannis is going to be fine. Uh, and here's the thing what we're doing, and, and, and hear me out, Luch, because I always like to try to make sure I separate this. We're looking at his fantasy scores, and in our minds, we're telling ourselves, man, Giannis has been playing terrible. Listen, against the Lakers, he had 25 10. Four assists, three blocks. He did have nine turnovers. That was awful. But in the game against the Clippers, he only put up 44 fantasy points, but he had 32, six, and three. In real life, this is what they pay him to do. They pay him to be the man, score the ball. He's been doing that. 
Now, you know, obviously he did have these rough games against Boston, didn't play against New York. But the last two games, even though even though from a fantasy perspective, he didn't quite get there in real life. You know, he, he did what he was supposed to do. So I think in this spot, you know, we take him. Obviously, you know, we want the triple double. We want the big 60 point game. And that's what we're looking for. And you just got to take him in the spots where you can get it done. And I think in this spot for sure, uh, he's capable. Oh, he's capable. And you're right. He's playing good basketball. It's not always translating over to DK's. <laughs> I think a big thing here, Chief, is uh, Drew Holiday really coming around, shooting the yeah. ball a lot, taking some shots away. Re- he's rebounding. He's diming. You know, Giannis is a little bit less of a playmaker. Drew playing good basketball is taking a little bit less of that load off his back, um, which is great for the Bucks. That's what they needed, though. Like, this is what they needed if they wanted to make a playoff run. The ball cannot be in Giannis's hands. They need someone that can get to the cup that can distribute, that can make teams pay if you're going to back off of them. And not that Giannis isn't going to get there. Like, Giannis has been working. Like, that's the thing I appreciate about him. He's not one of these guys that's just like, oh, I'm not going to work on my craft. Like, you can tell he's been putting in work. Um, so, I, I, but, but Drew Holiday, you know, I always felt like he was the key to whatever type of a playoff run they were going to have. And I think that's proving dividends. I think the, the emergence of Dante DiVincenzo is helping them, taking the load off Chris Middleton. Even though Chris Middleton has the big contract, he doesn't have to be the only shooter anymore. And so I think with DiVincenzo starting and bringing Connaughton off the bench playing thirty, almost 30 minutes, I think that's helping this team for their playoff run uh, in the future. So I, I, I like what they're doing. Um, you know, currently in terms of how, how they're using these guys. And when Bobby Portis comes back, it's only going to help that bench even more. So, you know, look out. Milwaukee could be, you know, getting primed for a pretty good run, especially if Drew Holiday keeps playing the way he's playing. No, I agree. And Giannis could take over any game he want and, and fill up the DK and break a DK slate. Uh, you know, if he gets pissed off enough, he'll do it. He'll take, he could take over against Portland. He he could put up, you know, a historical stat line against those Blazers. There's nobody, there's really nobody in the NBA that could stick him uh, and, and and let alone it's not going to be Bob Covington. No offense, Bob Cove. But right. that being said, I, I like Holiday as a tournament target because especially after this news breaks, uh, he is point guard, shooting guard eligible. So we have that flexibility on DK. But you, you look at you look at this slate. You have Luca. You know, you even have some people play Dame. Uh, you know, Trey Young again a good matchup. Fred Levi- uh, Fred Fred Van Fleet is going to be extremely popular. We already know that. Um, if John Wall plays, he's in play. You know, John Moran will probably be very popular against Minnesota. So it's like, is, is Holiday going to be one to kind of just get lost in the sauce for, for you know, for lack of a better term? If, if Middleton, if everybody plays as they should for Milwaukee, I mean, we could see a guy who just went for 47 and 56 on back-to-back nights, but people will kind of look back and, and he has a 64 in that game log. Don't game log hunt, but he has a 64 on it. He's just playing good basketball and, yeah, I, I, there's a chance that maybe he's not as popular as he should be um, after some news breaks and, and at, a, at a, on a pretty loaded slate. I like that a lot. Yeah, for sure. And DiVincenzo is another guy I've played sparingly um, or occasionally rather um, in the right spot. And I do think this is the right spot. Now he's 5,300. Obviously I think there's going to be better value, but if you're in large field, especially on FanDuel where he's 53, I think taking some shots on DiVincenzo is huge because he's also a guy that can put up 40 in the right game environment. Couldn't agree more. That should be a fun one. If it's close, we could see a lot of DFS uh, goodness and fantasy point uh, production out of that one. So that's yeah. a 10 o'clock tip. Two other 10 o'clock tips. 
and then we'll get out of here. Uh, but we'll cover the Lakers and Sacramento. Listen, man, it was a quick debut for Andre Drummond, at least for the time being. Yeah. I don't know how long he's going to be out. What I do know is he won't be playing on Friday. Neither will AD or LeBron, which squarely, squarely, squarely puts Montrezl Harrell back in the thick of things in a plus, plus, plus matchup against the Kings. That, that, that's just my initial thought. I'm, I'm going to try not to overthink this thing. He's fairly priced. You know, he's 6,600 against the Kings. Um, and his price tag was in the mid sevens a week ago. And, and that's just, that's just a testament to the level of basketball he's been playing chief. Talk to me here. Yeah. He's still in the mid sevens on FanDuel, And that also does not mean that you shouldn't play him uh, because he could definitely put up 40 in a spot. Uh, Marquise Morris is 4,800 on FanDuel. He's going to be back squarely in play. Uh, you know, and his minutes weren't really affected that much anyway, but, you know, Drummond definitely was going to impact the game. I think if he would have played 30 minutes, rebounding, scoring, I think it would have changed the dynamics of the team. Uh, that also up, opened it up for Kyle Kuzma. Uh, that'll open up a little bit more for Schroeder. So uh, Schroeder's 8K on FanDuel, I don't like that price at all. I, I don't I don't feel good about it. Not that he can't go for 40 plus, but now he has to go for 40 plus. And so I'm not really, really interested in him. Kuzma, 7,200. I think most of these Lakers are going to get lost in the shovel, shuffle, even though they're playing Sacramento. Um, and it's just more of a price thing than a, you know, actual game script thing. Yeah. I'm looking at Dennis Schroeder, 7,100 here. And, uh, you know, that that's kind of my thoughts too. If, if there is value that opens up, you know, you'll see more stars and scrubs ish being more of the popular bills which means your Drew Holidays and your 7,100 Dennis Schroeders that don't tip off till 10 o'clock and, and maybe even your Montrez Harrells on, on DK um, might get a discounted ownership on Friday. So Schroeder's been playing phenomenal basketball without those studs and without Drummond, it'll, it'll kind of go right back to the way it was. So I, I'm in for some of these GPP calls here. If I, if I do two or three builds or something like that, I might even throw a little stack on this game, you know, a little two one, something like that. So gotta love the late push too. It doesn't mean anything, but you love that 10 o'clock late weekend push when you're climbing up the leaderboard. I hate being on top and just falling and falling and falling. Oh, it, it's that that's why I didn't want to talk about this seat already, because it's like, man, that went the last time, you know, I checked before we went on the pod and I, I saw so what ended up happening, I saw the earnings and I said, uh oh. I said, I might be doing pretty good. And I scrolled down and saw where I was. And I said, let me just get out of here. And it really wasn't a super, I, I'm not crazy superstitious per se, but it's just one of those things where I don't want to be thinking about it. I got a pod coming up. I'll check after we get off, but um, still, man, it's sometimes just good to not know you were in first for a good period of time, because then you don't have that feeling of, of regret or regrets. <laughs> no, I'm with you. Everyone loves the late push. Um, before we get on to the last game, I'm just want to check out Dennis Schroeder metrics over the last month. Cause I know they're damn good. I just want to look them up again and share them. So over the last four weeks without LeBron AD and of course, Drummond, uh, you know, Schroeder 1.11 DK points per minute. You know, the thing is he's going to play 35 minutes now. He's a plus matchup, uh, 27% usage without those guys. Um, so I think he's even been playing a little bit better the last kind of two weeks. And I'll bring that up. I would guarantee you this point per minute rate is definitely higher, although it would be less minutes. So I'm just curious at the sample and let's see. Yeah. Okay. There we go. 228 minutes over the last two weeks, 1.17 D 
DK points per minute and the same 27% usage, the team leader in usage over the last two to four weeks um, and a great matchup. Uh, but I don't think he's exactly going to pop on any uh, projections. You know, uh, no one's going to be super touting locked in as Schroeder in because of all the options. So I, I kind of like it any, even more for Bakerfield GPPs, Chief. Yeah, I mean, at 7,100 on DK, that's fair. At 8K on FanDuel, Tough. I just – I can't do it. You might need, like, a three or four steal game, which he's capable of, but it, it would kind of suck knowing you're banking on something like that, unless he goes nuclear, right, which he could. Right. The outcome isn't super likely. But um, anything else on the Lake Show and Sacramento, or should we uh, cap this thing off with OKC Phoenix? We're good, man. Let's, let's roll it on. All right, all right. Chris Paul revenge game, just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> You take any stock into that? What, uh, just yeah, to- I, I don't really like this game. I, I mean, wow. OKC is decimated. Uh, you know, Phoenix, come on. You, you guys are like, I think you're second in. I'm, I'm pretty sure Phoenix is second in the West. Yeah, just just don't take this team for granted. Go ahead and beat this team and go home, right? Like, I don't, I, I don't see why this game stays close. Phoenix is a better team, clearly. Uh, just take care of business and, and, and go home and see your family. <laughs> Enjoy the weekend, says Chief. He'll see you later. <laughs> I, I just had to look this up. Oh, man, you're not going to like this. Chris Paul had a season-high 32 against OKC when they played in uh, <laughs> in uh, in January. He shot 21 times. So. Yeah. was Did Devin Booker play that game? That's a good question. Let's take Because remember, there. Booker was out a, a little bit, and Chris Paul was going nuclear. Where's our guy Alan Lem when we're talking narratives? We got to bring him on a pod and just do some narratives one day because yeah, yeah, fun. Uh, now, good call. Booker didn't play, and uh, DeAndre Ayton took seven shots that game. Ayton's been frustrating this year, you know. Ever since that stupid game in the bubble where he missed his COVID test or something, and they had to rush him to the court, and the DFS Twitter world was like, "Oh, DeAndre Ayton's on the way to the game, guys!" And he played terrible. It's just. He, he's having a rough year, man. I don't know. Is it a weird fit with all, you know, with Paul coming in? And I just figured the pick and roll game would would benefit him, if anything. But this hasn't been the case so far. Yeah, it's, it, you know, they've, they've got an interesting little team. And so and they're good. Um, I, I don't I don't know. I, I really don't. I really don't know what's happening because I haven't watched enough Phoenix film to kind of say mm, what's going on there. But what I can tell you is, you know, Chris Paul has made a huge difference in this team. Monty Williams has made a huge difference in this team. And they've definitely carried over their bubble mentality into this season. And it's showing it and reflecting in their record. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. I mean, Phoenix, they play good D. They play relatively slow. They're not fun to target against just for yeah. all the best purposes. Uh, wow. That, that was pretty good time. And we covered a lot of ground. I think we hit a lot of big points. Anything else, you know, that we missed or we were, we were kind of going through here that you want to bring up? Nah, I'm good, man. I, I definitely think we covered it. Um, think, think we think we found a lot of lot of good little nuggets in there, and hopefully we can help you guys, you know, make some money. For sure. We talking some food? Or what, what do you got, man? It, it's it's always GPP food <laughs> of the day uh, when it, when it comes down to to the bubble, brother. So uh, today. Hear me out, Lutz. Let's talk about Korean barbecue. Listen, uh, if 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 you haven't found your place where you can get you some Korean barbecue, you need to find one. So I don't know 
you know, where you can go and get some. But, you know, down here, we just have like barbecue places. But I did want to say Korean barbecue, man, uh, it's it, it's it's a good little thing. I mean, and you might be able to get like a, 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 a uh, I guess what I would call kind of a fake version at, at your local Chinese restaurant. But just look up Korean barbecue in your area. Trust me, people, you won't be disappointed. Yeah, uh, I, that's a good niche, you know, get some sticky wings uh, on top of a million. Other- oh, man. For sure, man. Yeah. Um, you know, where I'm living right now, I'm in the middle of nowhere. It's, it's kind of Amish country here. So Korean barbecue isn't isn't great, but I do go to Brooklyn from time to time and I'm, I get to eat some, you know, it's one of the, the foodie capitals of the world, which is great. There's a place in Fort Greene called uh, Wuri Korean. Um, I used to uh, live with my uncle for a bit a couple of years ago on Carlton Ave in Brooklyn, if anybody's out there in the city and uh, Wuri Korean, man um that that's that's a good spot right there myrtle Avenue, fort green we could talk barbecue for days you know maybe maybe we'll bring some bar- we talked barbecue a little bit in the past but there's so many barbecue spots in the world i don't know about you but i could eat barbecue like like, like my life depended on it <laughs> yeah and that's why i brought up korea man like you know we got a local spot here um that's why i didn't give you the name i, I mean i will give you the name it's called 843 843- a Korean barbecue and sushi house, but that's just our area code because we live in Charleston. And, and so you're not going to get 843 Korean barbecue in you know Pennsylvania or New York. <laughs> that's why I said you just got to find it on your own. Yeah, but man. I'm, I'm telling you, it's a really good spin on, 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 a, on, a, uh, on a cultural iconic food that we already love. Yeah. Korean barbecue, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. And I think, you know, that might be kind of a, like a niche food that a lot of people are just have some stupid stigma against or it wouldn't be on their top priority. But let me tell you, the food is banging. Yeah. What do they say now? It hits different. Is that what? It is? <laughs> yeah, it hits different. Yeah, it hits it different. Does. Well, you, you gave us two good GPP food options. I'll come with the heat on Sunday. I'll think of a good one when we record Sunday night. Uh, yeah. for, for Mondays, NBA Roto Grinders Morgan Grind, where uh, the chief and I will be back uh, together, breaking down uh, Monday's action for you. Busy weekend, though, Chief. What do you got going on in DFS world? And, and what do you got in the real world? What's going on this weekend? What do you be doing? Uh, I'm just kind of going to be chilling, man. Uh, main thing is I, I, I want to follow baseball so I can kind of get my edge pretty quickly. And uh, I'm just really hoping, ladies and gentlemen, that I don't have the uh, disappointment of despair when I open up my little app after we get off the pod. Uh, I would like to go ahead and get this qualifier seat because if not, I'll be continuing to chase a little bit. We will regroup on, on Monday. Check the chief out on Twitter, Chief Justice 06. Until again, we'll, we'll meet again on Monday, my friend. I hope you have a good weekend. Any any final words for this weekend pod conclusion? We're good, man. Enjoy your families, everybody, and uh, we'll be back next week. Definitely, definitely. Feel free to reach out to me on Twitter anytime at the J Carlucci. Let us know what what you want to hear. Give us some GPP food options. Give us some NBA content to talk about. We'll answer any questions you guys have so until monday we're gonna take a weekend hiatus on the nba morning grind here for will priester i'm justin carlucci we'll catch you next week everyone